0: rahmatullah um, wa The idea of duality runs through most mystical concepts. And the idea of duality is difficult to understand. Um, no matter how What the explanations are, they don't seem to be sufficient to penetrate the duality that we exist in. So recently, like about an hour and a half ago, a explanation came to me that I thought I would share this morning, because I don't know if it helps but it at least explains in a way that i haven't yet heard before uh, our sheikh always said only god can know god only rahman can know rahman only rahim can know rahim and we all know la ilaha illallah Nothing exists but God. Uh, I do not exist, only God exists, and we all understand that there is ignorant man and wise man, and wise man is in San Kamal, and there is a difference between ignorant man and Wise man. And we know that some of the differences between ignorant man and wise man are that wise man has incorporated the qualities of Allah into his being so that when he reacts to the world, he reacts not from his own motives, but from the motives that are the qualities of Allah. He reacts more from Allah. Now, there's a new physics called quantum mechanics, and they have done experiments in quantum mechanics where they have shown That if you watch certain experiments, in other words, if you're in the room with them, a being is in the room with them, a sentient conscious being is in the room with the experiment, the experiment will react one way. If you film the experiment and you're not in the room, different results occur. Wow! The fact that your consciousness is in the room makes... Different results occur in some pretty simplistic experiments, but different results occur. So, what's that tell you? As long as you are there, in your experience with the world, different results occur than if you are not there. Was Bawa there? Or was Allah's qualities there when he was interacting with us? Who? The Turks enjoy using the word who because it's one way to say God, Allah, who. So who was there? And that who was not us. That who was Allah who so we have this subject object relationship continually we and that outside of us and that creates a duality and that relationship occurs because of the way the mind is the mind interacts with What's outside of it. And the mind has a distinct presence. And it has motive. And when you bring, God bless you Dr. G, many times over. And when the mind has a distinct presence and a motive, it alters our perception and our relationship with existence. And when this motive disappears, and our mind's constant egocentric push disappears, our relationship with the world changes. But, You can't know that until it happens. You can't see it until it is. You can only hear about it and get explanations about it and be able to repeat it if you took an exam about it as if you knew what you were talking about. But we're not talking about words here. We're not talking about explanations. We're talking about states... Of being. And states of being are just that. They're not definitions. And you can't define them. You can only be them. You can't define Allah. You can't define a non dualistic state of being. But you can live a non-dualistic state of being if you live from your heart and not from your mind. Your heart is capable of being non-dualistic. Your mind is caught because it is the dualism. So, if you've entered into a non-dualistic state of being like the Nyanis, the wise ones, you will ask them questions like, what's it like to have Njana? And they will say, you can't have it, you can only be it. (laughs) But that's not an explanation. So they keep giving more explanations. But it's very difficult to understand that these kinds of words don't have definitions. They're states of being that can only be known by being in that state of being. That was final words to us. Were. Be like me. No definition. Be like me. Alter into another state of being. Alter into a different way of perception. Did you ever wonder how or why he would react the way he did to things? And why it didn't seem as if that was what was going to happen, and yet that did happen? It's because... His perception and his reaction came from a different place than our perception and our reactions came from. And what we need to do is look for that different place, not follow that which has led us through our life. We have to lose our connection to that which we have followed since we were babies. There's a story about a caterpillar who's called the following caterpillar. And when these caterpillars drop from their cocoons onto the ground, They all scurry around, and finally, they somehow form a line where one caterpillar follows the behind of another caterpillar, and they continue in this way. And there have been experiments done with them, and if you put them in a circle, and the lead caterpillar is going in a circle, the caterpillar, all the rest of the caterpillars, will just go in a circle with them. So it's not like they're going anywhere. They're just following the closest behind. That's sort of what our life is like. We follow the closest pattern that we're told about. We follow the culture that we're involved in. If you travel from country to country, A lot of the cultures are now getting similar. But as you get to more remote areas, you will find cultures based on different ways of pursuing things. Um, There's someone whose name is Rabbi Nachman of Bretzlav, who wrote teaching stories. And in one of his stories... He writes about the world and the different groups in the world. And he talks about people who've made money what they follow. Another group has made beauty what they follow. Another group has made muscle building what they follow. They've all created cultures around things that happen in illusion. And the master comes and tries to pry people apart from their culture so that they no longer are trapped into following a certain pattern that has been set up for them for years and years and years and years. What was the reaction in the Quran? And in the hadith to the prophet, usually, when he came to see new people. We don't need anything new. What we have is sufficient. Our forefathers have given us a way, and that's the way we follow, and that's enough for us. Well, the fact that a personality as strong as the prophet and a being as powerful as the prophet with the emanation that came from him could get these kinds of responses from people tells you how inbred and how strong the cultures of people are. And how difficult it is to overcome these Cultures. We are all comfortable in the jail cell of our culture. We have all found ourselves well suited and found a way to continue to exist within our culture. And we're all hesitant to leave our culture. To discover and or to try an entirely different way of being. And what keeps us there? The fact that we insist on being. And the fact that we insist on being has created all these cultures. They become created about the fact that we think we are and because we are, we do things and then we try to discover a right way to do things within the parameters of who and what we think we are. It's as if we begin with a false premise and build on top of it and then create societies to mimic this false premise and to keep us in place. And then we create laws around all of these false premises in order to keep peace or to keep certain political entities in power. Absolute freedom is forbidden not just by society, but by your own mind. Because if absolute freedom entered you, and you weren't tied to anything in this world, you would disappear. And if you disappeared, your ego would no longer control you, and your ego ain't going to let you go that easy. It just isn't going to happen. Your ego has no interest in releasing you. So, if you want to be released, if you want to find freedom, you have to find a methodology and an explanation that you believe in strong enough that can pull you out of this morass. And... You have to want to be free in a more, in a greater way than you want to be trapped. You have to want what's on the other side more than you want this present life. But we have become enamored with our lives. We enjoy Our lives. We grasp our lives as hard as we can with both hands. And we don't want to let go. In the scheme of things, we all know that we're going to die. In the scheme of things, we've seen everybody in this world disappears. In the scheme of things we also know we're going to disappear but we don't believe it and we continue to live as if this will go on forever without making the necessary adjustments to go into the next phase of existence, which is non-dualistic. Imagine the suffering that a dualistic entity would have in the midst of everyone around it being non-dualistic. They'd have no one to point a finger at. They'd have no one to blame. They'd have no one to judge because none of them would see that entity or react to it in any way. There would be no reaction to it. Now, that world that that dualistic entity lives in gives it all the responses that it wants. When it blames somebody, that thing blames it back. Aggression, when it loves somebody that loves back, it gets emotion, it gets something, it gets, it gets, and that getting is what keeps it alive. If no one gave any credence to the nature of the experiences that occur because of dualism in other people, dualism would fade. But, everybody has their own battles with it. And everybody has their own battles with disappearing. To die before death is the Sufi way of life. Bawa didn't say these things because they were cute phrases. Bawa said these things because they were reality. can't handle reality. That's why you're not there. When you can handle reality, you'll be there. And only when you're there will you know what there is like. Until then, it's conjecture, theoretical hallucination, and stuff you just make up. So... Where do we want to go? What do we want to be? Can we detach? Or can't we detach? One of the big questions that faces each of us. And when you begin to detach, you will face ridicule from the world. Because the world can't handle you being detached from it. And I'm talking about mostly <laughs> the people who aren't detached. Who are you trying to be? There's a joke about uh, three wa- uh, three priests walking uh, through a large church, and uh, one of them bumps into the guy, the janitor, cleaning the floor, and uh, he says to the priest, Oh, excuse me, excuse me, I am nothing. And one of the priests says to the other ones, Look who thinks he's nothing. (laughs) That's the world, folks. (laughs) You can't even be safe if you want to be nothing. So, as soon as you begin to be nothing, as soon as you chase towards being nothing, people are going to chase you to try and stop you from being nothing may we all get away may we all see them as non-intrusive uh, may we a- be able to take on the attitude that Jesus took when he said Father forgive them for they know not what they do may those who know not what they do stay out of our way and may the path towards God become clear and straight for each of us. Amin, amin, ya rabbi lal amin, alaykum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu.